It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And it's Jonesy's job to try to get it back. Anyway, Jonesy in studio with us at 8 o'clock for, for a whole hour, and we're looking forward to that. All right, let's talk more on the Eagles and on the 76ers. Season ended for the Sixers the other day. Elliot Shore Parks, not just with the Eagles podcast, but also the Sixers podcast with us. He joins us right now. What's up, Elliot? Well, look, I promise you when the Eagles eventually hire me to be the GM, I'll say the same thing. Oh, would you knock it off? Also, yeah. You know, the WIP pipeline keeps going. It's I'll, strong. Uh, I'll say the same. It's, yeah, exactly. It was the first step for us. Yeah. Well, the one guy that's got a shot to be a president of something around here other than Jonesy is obviously yours truly. Uh-huh. And, the and hammer. You, okay. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Elliot. Oh, yeah. yeah get ready. 2044, oh, yeah. 2048. Look, I'm expecting you to get ready to get people out there to get out the vote, man. Just just be ready to. I'll be, I'll be on your campaign trail. I Thank promise you. you. Thank you. Actually, You'll be an unpaid intern. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Elliot, yeah. let's get to it, man. So, Sixers, let's start there. Um, we're focusing a lot today on what should the strategy be moving forward. I say try again. Doesn't mean all the same parts, but certainly keep Embiid. Where are you on what the strategy should be? Yeah, you know, there's no question that the Game 7 loss itself was a devastating one. And it reminded me a lot of when the Eagles went to Tampa Bay uh, and got blown out in the playoffs, right? And it was like the one thing they couldn't have happen. Remember that year it was, well, they've never beaten anybody good, and this will be their chance. And they go to Tampa Bay, they get embarrassed, and everyone felt like the sky was falling. The next year, they went to the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying that's where it's at with this team. But I do not have the same sky-is-falling feeling about this Sixers team as other people do. Now, that doesn't mean I wouldn't make changes. So, to your point, I would definitely look to trade Tobias Harris. I would be okay with moving on from Doc Rivers. But I'm also okay with running it back with Joel, uh, James Harden, and Maxie as like the three core guys on this team. I do think they were a top-five team in the league this year. I think if they played the Knicks or the Heat in the second round, we would be talking about them as winners. I think if Anthony Melton makes two more shots in Game 6, Tatum's the loser and Embiid's the winner. So they lost, and they did not show up in Game 7. But I really don't think this is like a blow-it-up, this team's terrible, they're never going to win situation. I think they just lost to a really good team in seven games. What did you make of James Harden's tepid response when asked about his relationship with Doc Rivers after the game? 
I think it means Doc is going to be fired, <laughs> is what I think. I mean, look, I've covered a lot of like season-ending press conferences where players are asked to give a vote of confidence for somebody, whether that be a teammate or a, you know a coach or anything like that. And that was the most clear "I want this guy gone" answer I think I I, I can remember wow. in recent you know, history with these things. Well, I think let's and clear. Elliot, I want to play that audio for those that don't know. Let's listen to this. It was a quick exchange. Harden asked his answer on Doc after Game Seven. When you got here, you said that one of the reasons you wanted to come, if I'm not mistaken, was Doc. How has your relationship been with Doc, and would you like to see him back? Uh, I mean, I okay, our relationship is okay. You know, Elliot, there is an argument. It's, it's it's really damning, but I will Tepid. say this: Jeez. there is an argument to be said that James Harden's just being a petulant baby, that Doc Rivers tried harder than James Harden tried, and that you know we shouldn't sure. take James Harden's opinion serious at all. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, I think there is certainly an argument that what James Harden thinks doesn't matter about the head coach. I just, that answer itself tells me he does not want Doc to be his head coach. I think the more interesting question with Doc Rivers is, will Josh Harris actually pay to fire him? He has two years left on his deal, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously Josh Harris has a ton of money. We know he just fought Washington, but it's not going to be cheap to fire Doc Rivers. And then when you talk about who do we want to replace him, right? No one ever talks about hiring an assistant coach from a college that's going to cost like a million dollars, right? It's, it's Jay Wright. It's Monty Williams. It's guys that are going to get paid top-of-the-line money. So, it, you know. Yeah, it, but the owner's got Josh billions. Harris there's there's willing to do it. Elliot, yeah, there's billionaires spent, everywhere in that ownership group. Billions. He just spent billions, too, right? Now, Josh Harris has been willing to spend, but we can't lie to ourselves and act like money is not a part of this. Doc Rivers is one of the highest-paid coaches in the league. He has two years left. I would still fire him, but that if he survives, I think it'll be because of financial reasons. Hmm. So uh, if we have to make a choice between James and Doc, sounds like you're choosing James because you're saying you're willing to fire Doc? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, James Harden was atrocious in Game 7, and he had games this series where he was absolutely horrendous. But let's not lie to ourselves. They probably get swept if they don't have James Harden on the roster. He won them Game 1. He won them Game 4. He was probably an all-star player this year during the year. I completely understand the hesitation of giving him a four-year or three-year max deal. But for next year, I think it's going to be really hard for the Sixers to acquire somebody that will be better than James Harden. If it's Damian yeah. Lillard, sure, yes, absolutely. I, I would do that, but I would have done that even if they won the championship. But outside of Lillard, if they let Harden walk, they only get the $12 million mid-level exception to spend. You can get a nice wow. player for that. You're not getting the league leader in assists, 20-plus points, two 40-plus performances in one series. So, yeah, if it came down to Doc or Harden, there's no question I'm absolutely picking Harden. Elliot, let's get to the Eagles here. Obviously, your forte of what you cover for us at WIP. Let's start with the Sean Desai press conference last week and just what you're hearing when people talk about Sean Desai. What's your sense of the early goings of him as D coordinator and what he'll bring to the table? Yeah, he's he's extremely impressive, right? It was our first chance to meet him. Uh, he comes across extremely intelligent. He was obviously extremely passionate. I do think the fact that he's coached in the city before, he coached at Temple uh, many years ago, benefits him. And you saw that in the press conference. Right. He came out and he said exactly what everybody wanted to hear. <laughs> I hope he doesn't coach that way. I, I hope this is just at the press conference where he's talking about, you know, basically it sounds like he's going to blitz all the time and be this physical defense. I hope he doesn't coach that way. But in terms of his press conference, that's exactly what fans wanted to hear. And he really portrayed himself 
as the anti-Gannon, and that's what, that's what people have been waiting for. I think it's really interesting that you, that you point that out, Elliot. I mean, he talked about how the defense should match the, the tenor of the city. You know, like that, that is spoken like a guy who's been here, done that, yeah. understands us. It's a great sign. I think moving forward. Well, but it's also well, it just words. Coaching, but it it's just words, yeah. Elliot. I mean, okay. you know. Yeah, that's my point. It's just words. I that's agree. all we have but, to go on right it's now. It's all we have to I, go on. I agree. I do not think he will. I think you're going to see a similar defensive system to what they've ran the last few years. But the press conference itself was impressive, and I'm sure it got fans very excited. Elliot, what about the transition on offense uh, with Brian Johnson now being the offensive coordinator? Will it hurt Jalen to not have him hands-on as much? As his position coach, just no. where do you where do you assess that mm-hmm. whole thing? I, I don't think the concern would be there. Uh, I think the concern would be if you remember when uh, they lost Frank Reich initially after 2017. Yep. Uh, they, I believe they promoted it was Mike Rowe and then Press Taylor eventually, but they kept hiring from within. They didn't really bring outside guys. So I don't think the concern with Brian Johnson would be he's not as hands on with Jalen. And to be clear, I think Brian Johnson is going to do a good job. But if it doesn't work out, I think the concern on the offensive side of the ball is who from the outside is going to give them a fresh set of ideas. When the Eagles kind of fell off after they went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl in 2017, I thought it was because they got stale. Doug wouldn't hire from, from the outside. He kept promoting from within and didn't feel like they were getting any new ideas. I think Brian Johnson was going to be an offensive coordinator no matter what. If it wasn't here, it probably would have been with the Jets or, or another team. But – the one downside to promoting from within is you don't get a fresh set of eyes on things. So that, that would be my concern on, on a transition. It's hard enough after you're so successful in one year because the league sees it to come up with a counterpunch, but now they're going to have to do it with the same group of people. So I don't think it'll be the hands-on thing. It'll be the fresh ideas thing. I'll be curious to see how, how they adjust from last year. Elliot, with the activities they have going on down there with the, the rookies, uh, which new faces are making the best impression? So I think Sidney Brown has had, has had a first few really good days down there. Uh, his, introductory, his introductory press conference is really good. And I, I get the sense that they, they really like him, probably more than the outside public. Starter this year? I, I think they would, they would like that. Now, he's a rookie. You know, obviously, Blankenship is going to get a chance. Yeah. Terrell Edmonds is going to get a chance. But Sidney Brown is someone at college that was a really productive player, made a lot of plays around the football. But then at the Senior Bowl, played – play the exact role they kind of want to use him in he's probably the best athlete or definitely the best athlete on the team already at the safety position he's a rookie so he's going he's going to have to adjust but I think they are very open to the idea of come training camp if he wins a starting job of putting him out there so I think so far he's the guy I get the sense that they're they're probably way more excited about than maybe the outside public is Elliot something that was a new revelation to me I would think the Eagles probably knew it when they drafted Jalen Carter from last week was that at the time of that crash, she was driving on a suspended license. Hmm. Not good. I, I mean, you know, there were teams that we know were not going to draft Jalen Carter. Um, I, I guess the question is, do you think the Eagles, you know, bit off more than they can chew? It's a, I mean, it's a complicated question. Yeah. So I, I, the Eagles certainly did all their homework on this. I think they knew everything that there was, there was to know when they made this decision, they are counting on their building of being a place where Jalen yeah. Carter can develop. Because Elliot, I will, I'll, I'm sorry. Let me just say, like, that is a problem. Like, Joe, yeah, we haven't even talked about problem. this as a show. Like, We have not brought it up at we, all. We didn't know it until last week when it came out in that court filing 
related to the lawsuit. But, you know, this wasn't just, all right, let's go out racing at night and be knuckleheads. This was, yeah, let's do that while my license is already suspended. Mm -hmm. Like, you want to talk about knucklehead activity. That's really bad decision. I I agree with that. But I would also say, you know, if you you are willing to say as an organization or, or you, Joe, or whoever, that he made a bad decision that night, right? And he was a young guy that made a bad right, decision. Right. I don't know how this extra detail kind of changes that. Clearly, he yeah. made a bad decision that night. And there were mm-hmm. lots of different steps to making that bad decision. What's, what, what's going to matter is once he's in Philadelphia and he's here, is he going to change? And that is on the Eagles. They can say it's on Jalen, and but it's on them too to make sure he does. And I, I will be interested to see how having all his friends from Georgia – or teammates he played with here, is a positive or a negative. I think Mm -hmm. it could definitely be a positive. I also think there are some, in my opinion, some concerns about having the same people, you know, that were on his team before, now here again, right? I I think there would have been a good chance if he went somewhere else and he didn't know anybody to maybe kind of meet new people and form new habits. So it's a really interesting situation they've gotten themselves into. I'll tell you, the guy to me is – really good point. It is. the, The main guy to me is Fletcher Cox. Like, I 100% agree. Like, with he, he's the dude that's actually accomplished something on that defensive line in the middle. And, you know, he's the most accomplished player they have on that defense in his career. I mean, him or well, Slay, but, I mean, you know, I would say Fletcher's done a little bit more. I mean, it's close. I'm just saying, I, I, same position. Like, you want Cox to pick up the baton of saying, I'm going to teach this guy. And I hope Fletcher has that in him as a, as a pro. A I would take it a step further and say this is a chance for Fletcher Cox to add to his legacy here in Philadelphia. We have so many former Eagles at the station, and they talk so often about the guys they remember when they were rookies that helped them along. And fair or not, Fletcher's reputation is not that of Jason Kelsey. It's not that of Brandon Graham. If he can take Jalen Carter under his wings, and in five, six years, Jalen Carter reaches his potential, and he's talking about how it was Fletcher who helped him get along as a rookie and helped him learn the game, that will add to the legacy of Fletcher Cox. So he should do it just because it would help the team. But I would also say to Fletcher, you are older now. Who knows how much longer you'll play. This is your chance to continue the legacy of players that helped you when you were a rookie. And he's the perfect guy to do it. Elliot, when you looked at that schedule, what was your reaction? I think the league completely disrespected the Eagles. (laughs) I I couldn't believe the schedule that they handed this team. I think it makes it harder to get to the Super Bowl. I can't believe they have to open on the road for the third straight year, then go right to a Thursday night game. They have probably the toughest stretch of games I've seen this team be handed since I started covering the team. Of course things could change. If Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are injured, then those games look easier. But the schedule itself and how they laid it out, I think it's going to hurt this team's chances of getting back to the Super Bowl. And so for a team that's one of the premier franchises in the league, that's the reigning NFC champions, I thought the the league would have done more favors for them or at least helped them out a little bit, but they didn't. And now it just makes the road tougher. They do the opposite of help you out if you go to the Super Bowl. They make it harder every year. I mean, this is a Super Bowl schedule. Built in. Yeah. They didn't do it to the Chiefs, though. They got like the 16th best. Uh, toughest oh, schedule. Really? Right, yeah. Well, well, a lot of that's on, yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's what conference yeah. divisions you're playing totally. and stuff like that. Totally. Yep. Hey, uh, the, the, Elliot. The Eagles should have been able to open at home, in my opinion. I think the fact Agreed. they have to open on the road for the third straight year is, is wrong. Hey, last thing from me. Uh, more productive season for the Eagles this year, DeAndre Swift or Rashad Penny? I think it's Swift. I think Swift is a better player than Rashad Penny. Wow, I could Penny. not disagree more. I <laughs> well, he's had not. a far, far, far more successful career so far, right, playing for a way worse team. Rashad Penny has been, in, you know, outside of the Eagles, 
Seattle's one of the best places to play if you're running back because they're one of the only teams that still fully commits to running the ball. Mm-hmm. He's been unable to stay healthy. He can't really catch the ball out of the backfield. Swift has played on a bad team. He's had, I think, over 1,000 total yards twice, if I'm not mistaken, or, or at least he's been way more productive than Penny. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. They actually also traded substance, something of substance for him. Richard Penny is a name, and he was an early signing, but I think he only got 500000 guaranteed money. The Eagles traded a fourth-round pick for Swift. I, th- I think he is a clear-cut number one running back on this team. And then Penny, if he can stay healthy, will get carries. But Swift, to me, if you're betting on more total yards, I, I think Swift is the heavy, heavy favorite. I just can't. I, watching Swift last year, I mean, he would he would get five touches a game. Like, the, the, the Lions had to manage him the last couple seasons. I smell a bet, Elliot. Beyond. Elliot. Ooh, Anything I, mean, I like this. We can make a bet here. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, Pet Penny. That's a good idea. The reason you didn't see a lot of Penny last year is because he didn't play. Like, at least <laughs> same Swift with, was able to Same with Swift. <laughs> They're Swift, both Swift, out Not with, with a, an assortment of injuries. It's incredible. Played, Swift has played double-digit games. I'm almost positive every year. Look at his career. snaps. Right. Okay, but he's healthy and he's playing. No, he's and he not. Has way more hey, Elliot, he's not willing. Elliot, last thing. Jones is joining us in ten minutes. Is he going to turn the Flyers into a, into a Cup winner? <laughs> I actually, I love the the idea, and I'll say Al Morgani uh, when he was on your show really sold me on it. I think the fact that now the Flyers have somebody that people can think of and root for yeah. when it comes to that team. I cover sports for a living. I listen to BP twenty four seven. I probably couldn't name three players on the Flyers, yeah. right? So. This, this now gives somebody that when I think of the Flyers, you know, it's someone to root for. And so I, I think he is a smart guy. I think he's a likable guy. But I also think this is just something the team needs in terms of somebody to root for. And that's why when the Eagles well, hire me to be GM, people say the same thing. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, get out of here. Oh, oh, oh. 